0: Do you have a large holding of Bitcoin or Ethereum or other cryptocurrency burning a hole in your wallet? Yeah, me neither. But it's a problem in some parts, and the currently favoured manner of dealing with such excess spondulics is to buy digital art, everything from Instagram posts to virtual cats. But buying digital art, which is easily reproducible and widely available, is rather different from buying unique art to hang on your wall. Notably, you're unlikely to get anything to hang on your wall. Instead, you'll end up with a non-fungible token – or NFT. Culture File sent a Zoom invite to our digital soothsayer, Virginia Tech's Professor Ashlyn Kelleher, for a briefing and a most likely short-sighted titter about the latest art and money hookup. Of all the nebulous things that have come down our interwebs, this seems one of the most nebulous. And yet there's a lot of money involved what's happening there actually
1: well it might be nebulous but maybe it's kind of inevitable in a pandemic that people begin to think well what could i spend my hard earned money on now that i can't go out and about and buy rolexes and that or maybe i need to like freshen up my art collection so basically these nfts as you say stand for non-fungible tokens or a form of encrypted smart contracts you can imagine it could be a poem it could be a uh, an image a small little video that's encrypted and then attached to it is a unique digital signature that tells you know tells you that you're the owner of this particular bitmap or this particular video of LeBron dunking and so it seems very very odd but this is a new form of digital art which is all about kind of the provenance being about you own this thing and nobody else can have it, which is the fungible part. Because unlike typical bitcoins, which are all identical and identical in value, here the, this form of art is a different play on the idea of how value is assigned to something that is unique and also through deliberate scarcity is something, a commodity that people might desire encrypting this into a digital contract it makes it this is the one you are the one who has you know the equivalent might be in the real world the Banksy on the side of your house or you are the one that has the signed urinal it's like you have the duchamp not something else the idea that's a little strange in this is that you can purchase these art pieces and it's almost like having your art and storing it in a warehouse. What you can really show is just that you have this contract. You're not necessarily displaying the artwork itself. And a lot of it is very much about speculation. So the same way that uh, you might be interested in purchasing sneakers very expensive sneakers on StockX or something like that not ever for the purpose of wearing them or even taking them out of the box but rather because you can get them when it, you know and the the word is when they drop okay so this kind of arbitrary time when all of a sudden boom these things become available online if you get in there quickly enough and manage to get them at that moment then these things escalate in value really really quickly and you can begin to trade them almost immediately this makes sense perhaps if you're thinking about something physical and tangible like a a a sneaker but it becomes a little odd in some ways when you're like, it's just this form of, and this, some of this artwork is a very kind of derivative of early computer memes. So these are very bitmap type images that people are paying, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars for
0: the nyan cat was recently sold at auction and that must be that was sort of authorized by the original creator of this meme what you end up with the only unique thing you end up with is kind of like the receipt because the the image of the cat flying through space with a rainbow coming out the backside that's still going to be everywhere on the internet and freely reproducible by everybody. But if you are the owner of it, what you own uniquely is just the receipt, as it were.
1: Exactly. I mean, or even like the idea of like that you own something that is readily available elsewhere. Like one of the companies that has been involved in this is the group Dapper Labs. And they have actually... collaborated with the NBA here in the United States to help people sell and purchase really short clips, sometimes random, but kind of short clips from basketball games. So you can imagine these as kind of like video trading cards, which is kind of amusing in some ways, but that People such as Mark Cuban, who's like a, an owner of the Dallas Mavericks and kind of one of these big venture capitalist, uh, loud, shouty voices here, he's begun to purchase some of these and kind of amp them up a little bit through social media. But the idea that you might pay, you know, $200,000 for a four-second um video clip of somebody dunking a basketball that's readily available on YouTube as well. But because it's wrapped up in this contract, and as you say, you have the receipt saying that this, this is mine, and that this has actual value. And it's maybe it's no different from things like the tulip craze, or people with the beanie bags, or back in my day, it was all about fancy paper, that just people just arbitrarily decide that that is something that's valuable and desirable, and that I want it. And maybe what we're seeing here is a convergence of all sorts of idiocy.
0: I'm fascinated about how this interfaces with Walter Benjamin and I know you're going to be able to tell me about this. There was a lot of discussion about what was a unique work of art, what qualities did it have, authenticity that made it special and what kind of effect the fact that you could reproduce it infinitely would have on its its sense of value, its aura. And it seems that this is a, um, a kind of technologically enabled way to try and add back authenticity or aura particularly when used in the art world?
1: I think it's a play in some ways on the art world as well saying like we don't need these curators we don't need these galleries we don't need all these um, uh, critics telling us what is valuable explaining this to us it doesn't matter I just got it because it dropped and I happened to be there and I clicked on it and I don't even know what I have I don't even care what the actual artwork is I just know that I have it and somebody else doesn't and if they want it they're going to have to pay an astronomical Some. So it is this very strange speculative gaming in some ways. And I think we recently saw like with the GameStop idea of people being like, ha, I'm gonna show it to these big traders on their algorithmic craziness and in terms of bring stock prices up and down and we're going to show it to the man by a group of people on social media getting together to you know to do something like this this is the type of thing that i can imagine the klf back in the day going they would be really good at this right you know they like to like burn a million pounds i'm like well if they could generate kitties and make a ton of little money off that and all the same while poking fun at you know these kind of these morons who are purchasing this with the hope that it might be something meaningful perhaps that the joke is on them.
0: Who are these morons then? Are they the same people who are involved in Wall Street bets, as you're saying, the the kind of gamification of, of stock trading?
1: It seems like a lot of it is coming from the folks who really made bank early on in the cryptocurrency game, right? So they're, over time, their investments and in the types of either the Bitcoin or the Ethereum they have are extremely valuable right now. So the idea is, well, what do you do with that, particularly as it fluctuates? Do you need to kind of create a bank, a database essentially, of things that could potentially be uh, worth something also in, in terms of hard cash. So you are seeing some of these early kind of cryptocurrency folks beginning to play around in this market and talking about, oh, well, I bought some art earlier on and now I'm kind of getting rid of it to turn it into actual cash. It's almost like this is a new game for them to play. And because they have all this oldest cryptocurrency, they need to do something with it. Christie's and Sotheby's are both getting into this market. Right now, there's a very large auction on for one of the kind of the big cheeses in this world, a kind of a graphic designer from South Carolina here called People, And he has a piece of artwork that is up for sale, up for auction right now. And I just looked at it last night and it's at kind of currently at $3, 000, uh, $3 million. Clearly, there is growth and the idea of being a real artist that can make real money with this as well.
0: The old dreams die hard. Professor Ashling Kelleher from her Zoom room in Virginia there on the rise of NFTs.